بسم الله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فهو المهتد ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسول اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وأنفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما باب ما جاء في منكر القدر باب ما جاء في منكر القدر what has been mentioned يعني what has been mentioned in الكتاب والسنة specifically السنة because these are the evidences that the Sheikh رحمه الله he mentions what has been mentioned regarding those who deny القدر القدر is what Allah سبحانه وتعالى has decreed and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written down everything that will happen until the day of judgment. The small of it and the big of it. And we have to accept this and we have to believe in it. In order for our iman to be complete. For the relevance of the chapter to the book. For since believe in al-qadr. Yani the divine decree is an essential part of tawheed al-rububiyya. Because the rububiyya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It means that he created everything. And that he decrees everything and he gives everything sustenance and he looks after the affairs of everything and all of this is done with the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For the person who does not believe in al-qadr, they are not believing in the rububiyya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it is one of the pillars of iman. Whoever disbelieves in one pillar of iman has disbelieved in all of them. They cannot say, I disbelieve in al-qadr but I still believe in Allah and his messengers. Yes, you cannot say this. For if you disbelieve in one of the pillars of iman, then you have disbelieved in all of them. And yani just as a quick summary, we said that Al-Qadr is four categories. For the first category of Al-Qadr is what? Is Al-Ilm. Is the Ilm of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is that he knew that this thing will eventually come into existence. He knew it subhanahu wa ta'ala. For nothing escapes the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the second category is Al-Kitabah. That after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew then he wrote it down in Allah al-Mahfuz. He told the pen to write, as we'll come to say. And then the third category of al-Qadr is al-Mashi'ah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willed this thing to occur. And then the final category of al-Qadr is al-Khalq. So after Allah knew it, and after Allah wrote it down, and after Allah willed it, then he subhanahu wa ta'ala created it. وَقَالَ ابْنُ عُمَرُ وَالَّذِي نَفْسُ بْنِ عُمَرَ بِيَدِهِ لَوْ كَانَ لِأَحَدِهِمْ مِثْلَ أُحُدٍ ذَهَبًا ثُمَّ أَنْفَقَهُ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ مَا قَبِلَهُ اللَّهُ مِنْهُ حَتَّى يُؤْمِنَ بِالْقَدَرِ ثُمَّ اسْتَدَلَّ بِقَوْلِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ الْإِيمَانُ أَنْ تُؤْمِنَ بِاللَّهِ وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ وَكُتُبِهِ وَرُسُلِهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَتُؤْمِنَ بِالْقَدَرِ خَيْرِهِ وَشَرِّهِ رواه مسلم فذس حديث ابن عمر رضي الله عنه that he makes an oath by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this statement of Ibn Umar is in response to those who deny Al-Qadr. Some people came and said to him, there are these people from the Muslimun who do not believe in Al-Qadr. And his statement is in this context. For he said, لَوْ كَانَ لِأَحَدِهِمْ مِثْلَ أُحُدٍ ذَهَبًا If they had the equivalent of Mount Uhud. You know Mount Uhud in Al-Madina. Yani to the north of Al-Madina as you're going to Asham. The great mountain in which the battle is named after, the battle of Uhud. Anyone who has been to Medina knows that it is a huge mountain. For he's saying here, if any one of these people who deny Al-Qadr, they had the amount of Uhud in gold and they spent it in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. ثُمَّ أَنْفَقَهُ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ مَا قَبِلَهُ اللَّهُ مِنْهُ حَتَّى يُؤْمِنَ بِالْقَدَرِ that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never accept from them this sadaqah, this great sadaqah, until they believe in Al-Qadr. ثُمَّ اسْتَدَلَّ بِقَوْلِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ For Ibn Umar didn't bring this from his own words. This statement of his is based on what the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said. ثُمَّ اسْتَدَلَّ بِقَوْلِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Then he cited as evidence the words of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. 
and he's referring to the hadith of Jibreel alayhi salam the famous hadith of Jibreel alayhi salam when he came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the form of a man and he asked him about Islam and he asked him about Iman and he asked him about Ihsan for when he asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam about Iman he said an tu'mina billahi wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi wa rusulihi wal yawmil akhir wal qadari khayrihi wa sharri it is to believe in Allah and his angels and his messengers and his books and the day of judgment and the qadr the good and the bad of al-qadr this is what al-iman is for he counted the belief in al-qadr as one of the pillars of iman therefore whoever denies and rejects al-qadr is not from the believers for you cannot reject one pillar of iman while remaining a believer for disbelief in al-qadr removes a person from the fold of islam it removes them from the fold of islam for when he said subhanallah that even if they spent the amount of uhud in gold in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah will not accept it from them because Allah does not accept from the kuffar their good deeds he may recompense them in this dunya but they are worth nothing yawm al-qiyamah no matter how great they may be for the person who disbelieves in al-qadr and spends in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah will not accept it from them because they have disbelieved in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there is no good deeds with kufr and then the general meaning of the hadith in his response to those who claim to be Muslims yet deny Al-Qadr, Ibn Umar swears by Allah that no matter how much wealth a person may spend in the path of Allah and no matter how many righteous deeds they may perform, it will be of no benefit to them and Allah will not accept it from them if they do not believe in Al-Qadr. This is because belief in it is one of the six pillars of Iman as mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ in the famous hadith of Jibreel. Therefore to be a true believer is to believe in these six pillars on which true Iman rests. Whoever denies any one of these pillars is considered a denier of them all and then the relevance of the hadith to the chapter for the chapter is those who deny al-qadr what has been mentioned regarding those who deny al-qadr for this hadith of Ibn Umar it is relevant from two perspectives for the first one is that belief in al-qadr the good and the bad of it is one of the pillars of Iman and whoever denies one of the pillars of Iman is a disbeliever that Tawheed has gone completely and then the second perspective that the acceptance of good deeds is dependent on Iman for a person who has no iman, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not accept their good deeds from them, no matter how great they are, as Ibn Umar said in his statement. For he understood the consequences of disbelieving in al-Qadr, that you cannot still claim to be a Muslim while disbelieving in al-Qadr. Allah will not accept any of your deeds. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not accept any of your deeds. وعن عباد بن الصامت أنه قال لابنه يا بني إنك لن تجد طعم الإيمان حتى تعلم أن ما أصابك لم يكن ليخطئك وما أخطأك لم يكن ليصيبك سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول إن أول ما خلق الله القلم فقال اكتب فقال ربي وماذا اكتب قال اكتب مقادير كل شيء حتى تقوم الساعة يا بني سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول من مات على غير هذا فليس مني وفي رواية لأحمد إن أول ما خلق الله تعالى القلم فقال له اكتب فجرى في تلك الساعة بما هو كائن إلى يوم القيامة وفي رواية لابن وهب قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فمن لم يؤمن بالقدر خيره وشره أحرقه الله في النار that Ubaid ibn Samit narrated that he said to his son, O oh my son, you will never relish the taste of Iman until you know that what has happened to you of good or evil was not to miss you, and what has missed you was not to happen to you. I heard Allah's Messenger sallallahu saying, The first thing Allah created was the pen. He ordered it to write. It said, My Lord, 
What shall I write? He said, Write down the destinies of all things until the establishment of the hour. O oh my son, I heard Allah's Messenger وسلم, saying, Whoever dies believing something other than this does not belong to me. In another narration, the Prophet وسلم, said, The first thing Allah created was the pen. He said to it, Write. And in that very hour, all what was to occur was written until the day of resurrection. Ahmad. In another narration, the Prophet وسلم, said, Whoever does not believe in Al-Qadr, whether good or bad, will be burned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hell First of all, we'll quickly look at the takhrij. The hadith of Ubadah ibn Samit is narrated both in the Sunan of Abu Dawood and the Sunan of At-Tirmidhi. And they strengthen one another these narrations and they have the grading of Sahih. That this hadith is Sahih. But the narration of Ahmad, in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad, this narration here is Da'if. It is weak. As is the narration of Ibn Wahab. In his kitab, he has a book called Al-Qadr. And this one is also weak. For the people that we need to know who they are, Ibn Wahab, Abdullah Ibn Wahab, Ibn Muslim al-Nusri. And he was one of the fuqaha. And he was one of the yani the disciples or the students of Malik Ibn Anas. And he was born in the year 125 Hijri and he died in the year 197 Hijri. Rahimahullah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on him. For Ubaid Ibn Samit, he said to his son, he said to his son, and he's advising his son, he said, Ya Bunaya, inna kalan tajida ta'am al-iman. You will not relish the taste of iman. Yana, you will not relish the sweetness of iman. And iman has a sweetness. The one who tastes the sweetness of iman, every luxury in this world, he looks down upon it. Because the most valuable thing that they have, the sweetest thing that they have experienced, is the sweetness of iman. This dunya means nothing to them. Once you taste the sweetness of iman and you know the reality of iman, then this dunya means nothing to you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to taste the sweetness of iman. For he's saying to his son, you will never taste the sweetness of Iman until you know that what has happened to you was not to miss you. You cannot avoid that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed something, you cannot avoid it. And what has missed you will not happen to you. Anything which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not decreed, you will never be able to reach it and it will never befall you. For if Allah has decreed it, you cannot avoid it. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not decreed it, you cannot attain it. And until you understand that, you will never taste the sweetness of Iman. Sami'atu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqool that he said, I heard the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying, Inna awala ma khalaqallahu al-qalam. The first thing which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created was the pen. Yani when he says the first thing, this is relative. Yani the first thing before the heavens and the earth. But before the qalam, there was the arsh, the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it was on the water and there was nothing else as in the authentic hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the arsh before the qalam. فَقَالَ أَكْتُبْ فَقَالَ رَبِّ وَمَاذَا أَكْتُبْ قَالَ أَكْتُبْ مَقَادِيرَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ حَتَّى تَقُومَ السَّاعِ He told the pen to write everything that will occur until the day of judgment. For every single person to live on this earth, for every animal that will live on this earth, for every creation of Allah that will live in the heavens and the earth, their maqadir have been written down. يَا بُنَيَّ سَمِعْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ يَقُولُ مَنْ مَاتَ عَلَى غَيْرِ هَذَا فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي He said, I heard the Prophet who dies on other than this, yani believing that everything is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's decree, and that whatever Allah has decreed, you cannot escape it, and that what Allah has not decreed, you can never attain it. If you die not believing in this, فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي They are not from me. And sometimes the Prophet ﷺ, he says, لَيْسَ مِنِّي 
and the thing that he is disassociating from is not from major kufr. For the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Man minna. Whoever cheats us is not from us. But that does not mean that the person who cheats is outside the fold of Islam. And sometimes he says, minni, And the person is outside the fold of Islam. For here when he says, minni, That means they are outside the fold of Islam. And then the general meaning of the hadith, in this hadith, Ubaid ibn al-Samit advises his son that Iman has a taste and that none will relish its taste except those who believe in Al-Qadr, the good and the bad of it. As proof he cited the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ in which he informs that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded the pen to write the destiny of all things up to the day of resurrection and that whoever dies not believing in the Qadr of Allah is deemed to be outside the fold of Islam. Their eternal abode will be the hellfire where they will burn forever, a wretched end. And then the relevance of the hadith to the chapter. For again, the hadith is relevant from three perspectives. For the first one is that the Prophet ﷺ, he disassociated from such people. He said, minni. They are not from me. For he is disassociating from them because they have committed an act of kufr. And then the second relevance is that the punishment of the one who denies Al-Qadr is the hellfire. And the reason is because they denied in one of the pillars of Iman. Yana, their admittance into the hellfire is eternal. It is not temporary. And then the third perspective the sweetness of Iman will never be relished because there is no Iman to relish. The person does not have any Iman. How can you taste the sweetness of Iman when that Iman does not exist in your heart because you have disbelieved in Al-Qadr? So this hadith goes to show that the one who disbelieves in Al-Qadr is outside the fold of Islam. That Tawheed has completely gone. بشيء بشيء that Ibn Daylami narrated, I went to Ubay ibn Ka'ab and I said to him, There is something within me regarding Al-Qadr. Please narrate to me something that perhaps by it, Allah would remove it from my heart. He said, Even if you spent the amount of gold equal to Mount Uhud, Allah will not accept it until you believe in Al-Qadr. Know that what has happened to you of good or evil was not to miss you, and what has missed you was not to happen to you. And if you die believing something other than this, then you will be from the people of the hellfire. I then went to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and Hudayf ibn al-Yaman and Zayd ibn Thabit and they all narrated to me something similar from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Rawahu Ahmad wa Abu Dawood wa al-Hakim This is an athar of Ibn al-Daylami the athar of Ibn al-Daylami because he was from the Tabi'een for it is narrated in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad and the Sunan of Abu Dawood and Ibn Majah and it is also in the Sahih of al-Hakim as he mentions here and it is an authentic hadith it is Sahih and Ibn al-Daylami Abdullah ibn Fayruz al-Daylami and he was from the senior tabi'een yani kibar al-tabi'een and his father Fayruz he killed al-Aswad al-Anasi in al-Yaman yes he was one of the false prophets the one who claimed prophecy and he said he was a messenger Fayruz his father yani ibn al-Daylami Abdullah ibn Fayruz al-Daylami Fayruz his father he's the one that killed al-Aswad al-Anasi Ibn al-Daylami, he said that he went to Ubay ibn al-Ka'ab and he said, al-Qadr, That there's something in my heart regarding al-Qadr. And this doubt in my heart regarding al-Qadr is there because of the lack of knowledge I have regarding al-Qadr. So please tell me something, inform me, teach me of something which will strengthen my yaqeen in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that this doubt is removed. So he's not saying that I doubt al-Qadr and that subhanallah I have disbelieved. He's saying there's something in my heart 
and I am attributing it to a lack of knowledge. And if you tell me something from the Prophet ﷺ, this doubt will no doubt go away. And then it's pretty much the same as the previous hadith. For he said to him, If you spent the amount of Uhud in gold, ما قبله الله تعالى منك حتى تؤمن بالقدر الله سبحانه وتعالى will not accept it until you believe in القدر because الله سبحانه وتعالى does not accept from the disbelievers وتعلم أن ما أصابك لم يكن ليخطئك وأن ما أخطأك لم يكن ليصيبك that what Allah سبحانه وتعالى has decreed you cannot avoid and what Allah سبحانه وتعالى has not decreed you cannot attain because Allah سبحانه وتعالى has not decreed it ولو مت على غير هذا لكنت من أهل النار and if you were to die Upon other than this, then you will be from the people of the hellfire. Because your disbelief in Al-Qadr necessitates that you are from the people of the hellfire. Because you have disbelieved. You cannot disbelieve in one of the pillars of Iman and still claim to be a believer. And then he said, فَأَتَيْتُ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ بْنِ مَسْعُودِ وَحُذَيْفَ بْنِ الْيَمَانِ وَزَيْدِ بْنُ ثَابِتِ He went to these Sahaba as well. Abdullah bin Mas'ud and Hudayfa bin Al-Yaman and Zayd bin Thabit. And he asked them the same thing. Not because he's, as they call today, fatwa shopping. And he wants a different answer. But so that he can... Subhanallah, strengthen his resolve. For if he hears it from more than one person, the same thing, then he is upon certainty, not to doubt the veracity of the Sahaba. For the news of one Sahaba is enough. But he went around, he had that opportunity to go around and ask different Sahaba, and they all said the same thing to him. And they all attributed to the statement of the Prophet. And then the general meaning of the Athar, Ibn Daylami narrates that he was afflicted by doubts concerning Allah's Qadr. So he went to Ubay ibn Ka'ab to seek counsel and guidance from him in the hope that he may teach him something which would clear these doubts. Ubay then narrated to him in simple terms that whatever was written for us will happen and whatever was not written will never happen. Furthermore, whoever disbelieves in Al-Qadr is a disbeliever in Allah and will never relish the taste of Iman, even if they were to perform innumerable good deeds. In order to strengthen his assurance in the matter, Ibn al-Daylami went to a number of other Sahaba and asked them the same question only to receive a similar answer from all of them. And then the relevance of the Athar to the chapter, that whoever denies Al-Qadr, then they are in a nar Then they are in the nar they are in the hellfire, and this admittance into the hellfire is eternal because they have disbelieved in one of the pillars of Iman. All right, the Masail. The important issues of the chapter, we'll go through them quickly insha'Allah. The obligation of belief in Al-Qadr. And this is as per the hadith of Ibn Umar. For the Prophet ﷺ, he counted it from one of the six pillars of Iman. Two, explanation of how to believe in Al-Qadr. For this again is as per the hadith of Ibn Umar. To believe that what Allah has decreed, you cannot avoid it. And what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not decreed, you cannot attain it. Yes, and also to believe, the Shaykh doesn't mention it, but also to believe in the maratib, the categories of Al-Qadr, the four categories of Qadr. These are very important to know, Al-Ilm, Wal-Kitaba, Wal-Mashi'a, Wal-Khalq. Three, the uselessness of the deeds of the one who does not believe in it, yani who does not believe in Al-Qadr. Again, this is as per the hadith of Ibn Umar. For he said, if you were to spend the amount of Mount Uhud in gold, but you disbelieve in Al-Qadr, then none of that will be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani is this a small sadaqah? Yani the amount of gold equal to Uhud, Mount Uhud. You spend it in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah will not accept it. For the uselessness of the days because they have no iman. Yani they have exited from the fold of Islam. They are not believers. For if they are not believers, they are disbelievers. And no matter what good deeds the disbeliever does, it will not be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For no one can relish the sweetness of iman unless they believe in Al-Qadr. And this is as per the hadith of Ubaid ibn al-Samit when he was admonishing and advising his son.
five, a mention of what Allah created first. And we said that this creation is relative. For when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the pen, when he said the first thing that Allah created before the heavens and the earth, before he created the heavens and the earth, the first thing he created was the pen. But the first of his creations, yani the first of the first, was his arsh. Six, that the pen wrote down all the events to take place till the last day. And again, this is as per the hadith of Ubad ibn al-Samit. Seven, the Prophet ﷺ disassociation of whoever does not have belief in Al-Qadr. For the Prophet ﷺ, he said, فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي They are not from me. Yana, I have disassociated from them. They are not from my Ummah. Yana, Ummah al-Qabool. They are outside the fold of Islam. Eight, the habit of the pious predecessors to clear matters of doubt by referring them to the scholars. And this is as per the athar of Ibn al-Daylami. For he went to the Sahaba and he asked them. And he acknowledged that there was doubt in his heart because of a lack of his knowledge. And whenever you get a doubt regarding the deen, then ask. فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Ask Ahl al-Dhikr, ask those who have knowledge if you do not know. For this is a directive from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't just let the doubt yani, stew in your mind and let the shaitan play in your mind and make it grow bigger. Ask about your deen so that these doubts are dispelled. Because nothing dispels doubts like knowledge. And then nine, the scholars of Islam answered with what cleared all doubts regarding Al-Qadr by only giving reference to the statements of the Prophet ﷺ. When Ibn al-Daylami came and asked the Sahaba, they referred all their statements back to the Prophet ﷺ. Because in the matters of the deen specifically, and especially in the matters of Al-Qadr, there is no room for using your intellect. For all matters of Qadr must be returned to the Kitab and the Sunnah, as was the methodology of the Sahaba. سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك شهد أن لا إله إلا أنت استغفرك وأتوب إليك وجزاكم الله خيرا